This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, welcome to Pasha Shlach. You want us, they want to go to, now, everyone thinks that they had bad things in mind. They didn't. They, they, they were going to Israel because they heard about this amazing land. They wanted to come back and give an amazing report. But something in between got a little, we'll talk about that, right? Shlach Lechon Hashem. You know, for me, you don't have to send spies. I know what's going on, right? So, Kulam Anashim Roshim B'nei Yisrael These were not plain yokels. These were Roshim B'nei Yisrael. Okay? What went wrong? What went wrong? Muna, Muna. Guidance. They went in a bad impression and they knew they were going to come out of that. No, they didn't come. They came in. They came to Eretz to say good. Who says they came to say bad? Something got involved. Something got involved. We're going to talk about that. Something got involved and that really ruined the whole thing. But let's see what, let's learn a little bit. Abbas Chaim. They didn't take Musa from what they saw that happened to Miriam. Okay, maybe they thought that when you say Lashon Hara on a person, you get punished, but you're saying Lashon Hara on a land, right? They thought it was taking Lashon Hara Hashem, because Hashem says Erez of Vosh, and they said bad about, they were bad-mouthing God, really. If I tell you something, God says something good, and you come back and say something bad, there's something today I'm going to tell you, which is like the biggest tradition in the world, you're going to love it. About the walls. About the walls. We're going to talk about the walls, but we're not up to that yet. Okay. They came in and after after they saw what happened to Miriam, they spoke bad about the land. Hashem wanted to show him how much he loves them. And he was he was fighting all the wars for Israel, right? What happened when when when, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to the Yamsuf? Hashem said, "You guys relax, and I'm going to do everything," right? Listen, in the beginning, I don't want you to send spies. Because if people are going to see you send spies, oh, you don't believe in Hashem? I said it's a... Right? It's another thing. A person can push so hard. Hashem says, listen, I don't want you to do it. If you want to do it, go ahead and do it. They want to see how strong they are. When they knock the giants, the cities. Okay. Muraglim changed. Instead of going and coming back and giving a good report, they changed it to bad. We look like a bunch of grasshoppers and the land eats up its own people. So the Abbas Chaim says, I don't understand. And this is very important. You should ask. We came in We know that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't send regular people. He sent Sadiqim. They were called Anshay Shem. 
How did they fall? The view of Cloud Sasha Tishabov and brought to the whole Kaisel every Tishabov. Right? Kimarabim Bevers Khadish Tamuz Yatsu. They went out to spy the land with Khadish Tamuz. And they came back and gave the report forty days later. Forty days later is Tishabov. And we know that the Dor Midbo were the Dor Deya. They weren't Tipshim, they weren't fools. Right? God Anashim Sadiqim, they were Anashim Sadiqim. So how could this be? They went through the Yamsuf, they came to Hasina, they saw the seven skies open up, they saw the Kisar Kavoid. They believed in Hashem. They, they, in Matantara, they all were healed. There was no more Misa in the world. And they're scared of a bunch of giants and, and tall walls. Till they said we're a bunch of, we're a bunch of grasshoppers. He says, that even the Kananim, it's a very interesting medrash, that even the Goyim believed, even the Goyim believed that there's a next world, the Kananim believed there's a next world and that you get punished in the next world. How do you know that? Interesting thing happened today. On my way, I, I drove up to the ranch today, I drove back, so I'm not usually in the car that much, I'm usually to taste, but I was listening to the news. So the Goyim announced today that in the Miss American pageant, which is since 1921, where there's a you know a girl from every state and then they pick the winning state and whatever, that they always had part of the contest was a bathing a bathing suit contest, and today they announced no more bathing suits. They, that that it's not not right for women, and it doesn't make you. Person's body doesn't make you win over, make you a Miss America, and that instead of the bathing suit competition, they're doing um, uh, uh, what your goals are in life and your education. And this is Goyim announced today that they don't feel they don't feel it's nice to the women to be casting them just as I, like because someone's physically better. I'm listening to this on my way down to, to the city because, like, you know, every 20 minutes on WINS, they say the same news over and over again. And I was like, it's such a weird thing for the, for the other world who's so into the physical world to say, it's not right. It's not right to judge a person by that. So the first time ever, it's America this year. There's no bathing suit. Everyone's covered. Everyone's dressed. And they're just talking about their goals and their lives and their, their personalities. And I, I always, when I talk to the girls about Sneas, I'm like, exactly that, 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 that a person doesn't get to know who you are. If you're not sneers, they just look at you as a, as a woman. They don't look at you as a person, as just a bunch of body parts. They don't look at you who you are. So they hop that. I think it's more women rights. I think that's where it's coming from. But what to do with saying today, on my way down, I was listening to the news. They cut that out. So somebody has some brains somewhere. But it's just interesting things. So here, also, they're saying that the Goyim, so they, they, if you, you were a bad guy, they didn't bury you when you died. They, they put you like in a, in, a, in, a, in a vault. And then when a good guy died, that's when they buried you. And they believed that the good guy would take the rest of them up there. So the reason that Kleistrol came back and said that the earth, is, the, the, the land is eating its people, is when they came into Eretz Yisrael, there were thousands of bodies being buried. So they were like, oh my God, everyone dies over here. What happened was Eov, 
who was a tzaddik by the Goyim, Eo, was a tzaddik, he died that day. So everybody was taking their bodies of the people that died who weren't good, that they should go to heaven with him. So Rabbi Chaim says, I feel after they die, Yesh Ainu Rishom. Rishom get punished for Taylor Sadiqim. But Ryan is Someone died, they didn't they didn't bury him in a graveyard. El Mahdis was able to take table. They put him in a box. They turned him to the basin, they left him in their house, Takakaka, in the ground of the house, till one of the Sadiqim died. And then they would all take it out. I say, yeah, that day, Shabbat Marav, when they came, Mace Eov, Eov died. But Sears called Aronius Likboyimo, and they took all the great, the dead bodies to be buried with them. So that's why they saw, they said, Eretz Achle Yeshreha. So they believed in the next world. Interesting, looking at them. Interesting. So he says, very interesting, he says that after Moraglin realized what they did wrong, they did tshuva. And they realized they spoke Lashon Hara. So they were makabel that their death would be their tshuva. So every Tishabov, they would dig holes and lay in them overnight. And whoever was supposed to die that year didn't wake up. They just covered them up. And the reason that Tuba of is such a great holiday is the last Tishabov, right, the 40th year, they, do, they dug these graves and nobody died. But they thought maybe they counted it wrong. And by the time the 15th came, because what do you see on the 15th? The full moon. When they saw the full moon, they knew it wasn't the 9th. So they made a big simcha that it's over. No more, no more dying. Also because Shiduchim. Not the Shiduchim part, but that they lent, the rich people lent the poor people their dresses. And that says that's a bigger yantif than any other yantif when Hashem sees a Jew treating another Jew correctly. It's the biggest yantif. It's bigger than Yom Kippur. Huge. Huge. What? No, no, no. He said, Tuba of, Tuba of, and Yom Kippur were the two. Yom Kippur also, they went out, the girls, they also went out on, on Yom Kippur, and it's, it's, I don't remember the answer, but I remember they asked a big kasha. How could the girls have gone out on the holiest day and the boys were looking at them? On Yom Kippur. Alright, that's not the right time to date. Right? So it says that because Yom Kippur, the, the Satan is Shin Tes Nun, which is 359. No, Hasatan. Hasatan is 364. Hasatan. He has Shlita for 364 days, but one day he has no Shlita, which is Yom Kippur. And that's why they're able to go out on Yom Kippur. Satan is only 364 days each Shlita. He's not, there's no Shlita on Yom Kippur. Maybe that's why Yom Kippur you see, even then from an area, an area Shlita, everybody keeps Yom Kippur. If they don't keep Shabbos, they don't keep Shabbos, but they'll keep Yom Kippur. Hasatan equals 364. Yeah, Right, so. Okay. Somebody came over to you this week. Just between me and you, right? Even though everyone's watching. Somebody came over to you this week. Weird. People go, I hate listening to your shit. Just the one person came over to you and said, I'm in awe of your share. I'm figuring, oh, I'll probably say a good drop tire or something. He goes, he goes, you don't know why. I'm like, why? He says, there's a guy 
in your shear that's always talking in the middle and interrupting you. And you have so much patience with him. I wasn't talking about you, I was talking about someone else, whatever. I'm like, that's, I was going to get a compliment, you said, you said something like, amazing. He's like, how do you have so much patience? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's my man. My main man. He keeps me in check. Anyway. So where I was listening, he's like, wow. You have to talk to your Talmudim. You have to let them ask. Especially today, because today we live in an interactive world. Kids all day long are back and forth, back and forth. They're texting or whatever they're doing. So you give a shit. It's so hard today because the kid gets bored right away. You get bored right away because they live in a world of every second there's, an, there's a text, there's an email. And all of a sudden the Rebbe gets up, he starts talking, and he, the kid's not giving, sending back any emails. So he falls asleep or he starts playing under his desk or whatever it is. It's very hard. That's one of the biggest problems about Dora is they get bored. Because and we didn't get bored because we weren't interactive. The Rebbe talked to us. We had nothing to say. Our parents spoke to us. We had nothing to say. And then you got married. You had nothing to say. So you never had anything to say. That's a joke. Hello? Hi. Just kidding. Okay, there's one guy here that's up. Anyway, so he says it very interesting. He says that because they went into their graves and they were makabal their misa, Hashem said, and he makabal oysimasimcha, and there's Zaycha to come to Ganeidin. Here? Okay, he says a story here. He says, first of all, very interesting. He says, and, and this we talked about that. Achle Chuva, after person does Chuva, Yetzirah Misgaber Allah Yaisa. Yetzirah comes after him even more because until then you were supporting the Yetzirah, right? He took your mitzvahs. Now you're doing Chuva, you're cutting him off. So he's losing a big investor. He doesn't want to lose a big investor. So he tries to chip you again. He says, many times, you see, person becomes about true. All of a sudden, he has sorrows. He's losing his money. He says, it's just in the sayin. It's just in the sayin. You're going into your grave with simcha. I need You're not going to have any pain in the grave. The rima will say, last, worms and maggots, lo yishul do begufim, will not touch you. Since we learned a big thing here, imagine if you talk Lashon Hara on a bunch of trees and a bunch of stones and on land, and the whole door, the whole generation was punished, that none of them made it into Yisrael, and Tisha will be till Mashiach comes, we're going to suffer. Imagine when you talk to some, or talk about somebody. Imagine when you talk to somebody. You know the story of, of uh, what's it called? Of um, in, in um, Yiftach HaGiladi? Yiftach HaGiladi was an outcast. And, and, and they had to go to war. And he was an unbelievable warrior. So the Chachamim came to him and said, we need your help. And he didn't want to help them. He, he made a deal with them. And he said to Hashem, if I come out, if I win this war, because they were outnumbered, if I win this war... First thing that comes out of my um, out of my house, right? I'm bringing as a carbon on, on the mizbeach. Who came out of the house? His daughter, right? And what happened in the end? She killed her. It's a big, terrible thing. Why did that happen? So he says.
So when he said that, he said, Whoever comes out of my house, release you Ayla, bring us the Ayla. Shalom, they add, What happens if a donkey or a kelp or a dog or a cat comes out? You bring it for an Ayla. So his daughter came out, and he was guarding that she would die in a terrible way. So they had to do something. At that time, the Kohen Gadol was Pinchas. He should have gone to Yiftach and said, I'm Mater, he's the Gadol, I'm Mater, you're Neder. Okay, you don't have to kill her. You can be Mater and Neder. But he didn't go, because it was a Vikuach, there was an argument between him and Yiftach. Pinchas said, I'm a Kohen Gadol, and it's not covered for me to go to him. Right? He has to come to me. Yiftach said, I need Rosh Katsina Yisrael. I just went to war. I'm the big general. I just, right? Save Klai Yisrael. Klai has to come to me. Each one was, you got to come to me. And because they both wouldn't go to each other, she died. And they both got punished. How did Yiftach get punished? You know? Every limb of his body fell off. As he was walking, he had such bad leprosy, he fell off. His fingers fell off, his legs fell off, his arms fell off, his ears fell off, everything fell off. All his limbs fell off. Wherever he went, one limb fell out, what happened to Pinchas? He lost his Ruach HaKodesh. Why did all his limbs fall off one piece at a time? Because he should have gone to the Kayan to get it straightened out. He should have walked, should have gone. He didn't use his limbs. Why did Pinchas lose his Ruach HaKodesh? Why he loses his Ruach HaKodesh? Here's the question. Number one. Since Yiftach thought the only one that could be Matined there was Pinchas, why didn't he go to him? Didn't he want to save his daughter? If you have a daughter, you made this mistake, right? You want to kill her? No, you want to, any which way I could get, get her to, to live. So why didn't he go? So Pinchas said, it's not covered for Koyin. It's not covered. I'm, I'm not doing it for myself that I'm not going. I, I'm, I'm protecting the kahuna, right? Protecting the kahuna, it's not covered. So he's, they don't understand. They ask a fantastic question. He says, You go to any Bezdin. Get three people do Atosadarim. He should send them a message. You don't got to come to me. Go do Atosadarim. Why didn't you tell him that? Were they both so stubborn? So the Sefer Yad Eliyahu, Yedei Eliyahu, he says like this, Yiftach, lo He knew, he knew that he could go and get three people to do it. So why didn't he go? Because, he says, um, He didn't have to go to Pichas. He was very embarrassed to tell three people that he made such a stupid neder but the first thing that comes out of his house, he's going to bring us a carbon. He didn't want anyone to know about it. But he trusted if he told Pinchas, he'll be Mata the Neder, right? Because he can go to a Chacham to be Mata the and, and he won't tell anybody. So he was embarrassed to tell three people. 
So that's why he didn't go. So Pinchas, who thought he wasn't going because of COVID, was Chayshim That he thought he could go to three, he could go to any three people. He doesn't want to. He wants me to come to him. What a chutzpah. He could go to any three people. You know why he's not? Because he wants to show off that he won a war and the coin girl hasn't come to him. So he lost Yeruch HaKodesh. Because you know what? You, you, weren't, you didn't think of him for the good. You didn't figure out there must be a reason here. Right? you got to figure out the why, not the what. We spoke about that two weeks ago, right? It's not the what, it's the why. Why is this guy coming to me? Must be, maybe he has a secret. Maybe there's a reason. So he didn't do that. So you know what? What's me to connect me? No. Ruch HaKodesh gives you extra knowledge to understand what's going on. You don't deserve it. You lost Ruch HaKodesh. If he told anybody, people would be laughing at him, and he's the, the head guy. He wanted to just tell him to Pinchas. He wanted to tell him secretly. Because Pinchas is not going to tell anybody. He sent. Pinchas, a message, I have to talk to you about something that I don't want anyone to know. Pinchas didn't know the reason. Right? He said, Ain't there a couple of kahuna? I'm not going to you. That's why he didn't go. So, Yiftach He died from leprosy. But you know, he may remember when his body parts fell off. He ended up telling everybody what was going why he why he needed a Adoros Nadarim. In the end, everybody found out. It's the same thing with Lashon Hara. You talk Lashon Hara, nobody knows about it. But once you get the leprosy, everybody sees it. So the Mida Kinegimida is, you gotta walk through the field. Everyone's like, what's going on? You gotta say, I'm a Taras. Same thing. Okay? Same thing happened by Hosea. He wasn't careful with his mouth. We said it in the, we say in the, in the Haftarah, Echosh Baruch who said, that um, whatever the Klaistral is not doing what they're supposed to do. He said, he said, my, the children, your children are sinning. He should have said, Hashem, they're your children. They're the children of your Rachmanus. You know, help them. Instead of saying that, he ridiculed the story of what the, that Rav told me that time. That you have to, you know, talk good about Hashem's children. So what happened? Because Baruch told him to go marry a Zaina. We said it in the, in, in, in the Haftarah. And he had two children. And Akash Baruch said to him, um, you have to separate from her and your kids. He said, I can't. How can I separate from you? I have children from her. I can't separate from her. I can't divorce her. Your wife is a Zaina. And who knows who those children are even from. You don't even know if they're yours or Achem or others. And you're having a hard time when I tell you the divorce so you're like, I can't, it's the mother of my children. And you don't even know if it's your children. who are my children, the chosen child. Right? You call them bad? She said, now that you want Rachmanis from me, that you shouldn't divorce your wife, you need to ask Rachmanis on Klai Yisrael. you got to watch your mouth when you talk. Specifically when you talk about Hashem's children. 
But he brings down here, it doesn't make sense. Now, Chaim says something interesting. Hashem would tell him to marry a Zaina. Does that make sense to you? To teach him a lesson, you should go marry a Zaina, you don't even know if it's your kids. So he says, The whole union of Hoshea that he married is Zaina, Zehayurak Bechaloim. Hashem did it to him in a dream. It's not, it's not, it didn't happen in real life. He did it to him in a dream, and in the dream he was like in a lot of pain. Like, I should divorce my wife, but she has my children. And this whole thing was in the Nevius to him. And he realized, you can't talk bad about Hashem's children, because Madach, you don't want to give up your own children, right? Surely, um, you don't want to give up, Hashem doesn't want to give up his children. It's a big, it's a big lesson. What? No, it wasn't that kind of. That wasn't that kind of. You just. So interesting. This is a, a fascinating story, and it's going to lead me to a kavayasha. And it's an answer to some stuff that we see. So tonight happens to be when I was walking out of the dinner, and she listens to my show, she's going to hear this. A woman and her husband came over to me, they were, over to him and they said, you know, I listened to your show, and you know, there is good in the, in the internet. The internet, you know, has good. And Hashem created internet for the Jews. That was like the wrong thing to say to me. I said, no, Hashem didn't create internet. Human beings created internet. Hashem didn't create internet. In six days... In the six days of creation, it doesn't say anywhere that he created a computer. It's man-made stuff. And don't tell me that man-made. I said, no, it's not good for the Jews. We're in Gullahs. And it's destroying the world. It's taking away this pornography. But it's also taking away people's time. Husbands and wives, children and parents, teachers and students. It's a disaster. Don't tell me that Hashem created the Internet. No, I don't agree. Human being created the Internet. And there's always good and bad. But that's how the Sutton sells his stuff. He can't sell this stuff if it's all bad, because we don't want to do all bad. So he mixes it, and he makes it look good. Yeah, there's Shiorim, there's Rev Wallstein, there's Daf Yemi. I said, I said to the lady, I said, it was Daf Yemi way before Rabbi Shapiro, there was way before any internet. And there were people giving Shiorim, and guess what? I have a few guys in this room. It would be a lot better if we didn't, ha- if we didn't have internet. It was like the, Latin, the old days, and I had 200 guys in the room, because you know what? Even though people are watching this, and they're learning, it's not from Hayez Malayim Nechassim Malayim. It's not. So, you guys are here, but there are hundreds of people, thousands, 10,000 people a week that are not here. And if they were here, you come to a shir, you feel the rib, you feel what he's saying. So this is, you know, this is very different. It's not on the level, it's a law, it's definitely no question. When you're in a shir, it's, 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 it's different. You know, you watch davening on, 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 on a what's it called, you, you know, people watch the Kotel, uh, Kosel, uh, Kam, there's like a camera, or whatever it is. You're not at the Kosel. Very nice to watch the coastal, but you're not at the coastal. You're not in the room. So, you know, yeshivas would be empty if that was the case. Mary Yeshiva, everybody would sit with a, with a video, and the basement would be empty, and everyone would learn on the video. No, you have the cold Torah. Where's the cold Torah? Where's the cold Torah in Yeshiva? Everyone, you have a thousand guys learning. You can't get that on, on, on the internet. So, don't tell me the internet was created for the Jews. It wasn't created for the Jews. We were learning Torah just as much before this. So, he brings out a story here. 
very fascinating story because sometimes you'll see, not mentioning any names, but you'll see other means of working with kids. And even though a lot of them are going off, some of them are successful. So people are like, yeah, but you know, it's true, it's, you're against it, this and that, but you know, there are success stories. He can't sell it if there's all failures. Something can't sell it. Everybody fails. Everybody goes to a certain thing and they, and they all fail. Nobody gets better. It's going to die out in a year or two. So he makes sure that there's some success so that you buy into it. In fact, very the scariest, you know, Kaviyosha is a very scary safer. And I really want to start giving a share. And I have to figure out a day. I have to learn the whole Kaviyosha because it's a life changer. The scariest Kaviyosha. I don't know by heart the product that it's in. This is something very, very scary. And he says that the Satan and his minions, his Hevra, I don't mean minions, his minions, M-I-N-I-O-N-S, his Hevra, they don't, they, they, they cannot live or get energy from an Avera. An Avera is cold, black, dark, has no energy. So the worst Avera has no energy. But what happens is, the, the, the Avera is the bridge, Right, the very in the soul is the bridge that takes the mitzvahs out of that person and bridges it into the satan. So, in other words, you're learning, you're doing mitzvahs, then you do this crazy avera. He sucks out the mitzvahs. When he gets the mitzvahs, that they're fire. Mitzvahs fire. It's a nair, and that's what gives him his energy. So he doesn't get energy from total rishon. So it brings down that sometimes you do an avera over and over and over, right? And then, all of a sudden, you like, do tshuva. And you don't have that Yetzirah anymore. You're like, I beat the addiction. I did it. Because you don't have anything left. You did so many Averis, you took all your Kedusha, and you have no Kedusha left. So he backs off. And he lets you regurgitate. Do more mitzvahs, do tshuva. Learn, go to Yeshiva, scroll, stay. And you like this big battery, right? You're getting bigger and bigger and then he comes back. If you do it very again, he gets it all. And then he, he does that again. And that's why I think there's so many relapse. In other words, get better. It's okay. Get better, start learning, start davening. So he moves away like the spider and the fly and he lets you grow. Now, Kavayosha says at the same time, it's terrible. So you're like, Rebbe, <laughs> This is crazy. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker. Like, 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 I, I think I'm learning. I'm doing well. And you're telling me he's just preparing this, like, you know, th- there's a very scary story called Hansel and Gretel. I don't know what my grandmother used to always tell me this. She, it's a German story, Hansel and Gretel. And they, and they're in the woods and this, wi- this witch gets them. And, uh, it was, it's a very cute story, but it's very scary. And, um, so the witch wants to cook them and to eat them. So she puts them both, in, she puts them in a cage. This girl does all the sweeping and everything. It's a whole book. It's called Hansel and Gretel. And she puts him in a cage, but she wants him to get fat. So she, when she eats him, she has a lot to eat. So every day, she would come and put her fingers around his wrist. And she said that the day that my two fingers don't reach each other, then you're fat enough to eat. So she used to him candy, and, and, and she used to feed him so that he'd get fat enough to eat. In the end of the story, she, she falls into the water and they cook her, whatever. It's all she dies. The good guys win. But it's the same thing he does. He like, do mitzvahs, do mitzvahs, do mitzvahs, do mitzvahs. Boom. 
Oh, you have to do tshuva, do tshuva, do mitzvah, do mitzvah. Well, Kabayasha says, people are going to, people are going to say, Rebbe, so what am I doing? I'm, I'm getting, I'm doing mitzvahs and davening so that he should get my koyach. Says the Kabayasha, this is the best time to get him. Because he's leaving you alone. So now you can reach a level of kedusha you never could leave before because he was always bothering you. And when he comes back to trip you again, you have to make sure he can't. And that way, all that time that you grew, you got fat, right? That you grew, he, he lost. He thought he's going to get it all, going to leave you alone. Now he comes back and you're like, no, no, I'm not falling again. I'm not tripping again. Now all that terror, you idiot, that terror that you let me do, it's mine. And we, and we, and we tricked them. The Kaviyashi says, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. If you relapse, he gets all the good. If you don't relapse, you got more good than you could ever have done because he let you go. Godless. It's a crazy Kaviyashi. It's godless. Why? He backs off. I, I, I don't, it doesn't say that you lose your schar. It just says he gets the energy. Listen, in, in gambling, in gambling and all that, if you give tzedakah from it, it says befeish nekaviyash. It goes to the other side. What do you mean? I gave tzedakah. It's it befeish. Okay, so you mean the mitzvah doesn't even count as a mitzvah? Right. No, if you steal money, let's say you steal money, or you're working on or you're working on shops, or you're gambling, that money, and you and you go and you and you support a koil, it goes to him. But that's something else, right? That's something else. It's mashma here. You don't lose the mitzvah. You don't lose the mitzvah unless he gets you to say, "I wish I wouldn't have done that." Then you lose the mitzvah. Right. That's mashup. Right. Just like there's tshuva and a mitzvah, we learned this. Just like there's tshuva in avera, there's a tshuva in a mitzvah. You come to shul and you get a parking ticket. You're like, I wish I didn't that mincha. You don't get credit for mincha. You don't get credit for mincha. So he says that. So he gets you to he gets you to the point where you where you where you you're like, I regret it. I regret I did the mitzvah. So I get, if you don't regret it, maybe he doesn't get it. I have to I have to look at that parak again, but I don't know if it says that you regret it because it, it doesn't sound. If I do a mitzvah, I did a mitzvah. I have to look that up. It probably means that you do regret it. Mufanenu is he doesn't want you to do the mitzvah. Once you did the mitzvah, he wants you to have uh, he wants you to regret it. Anyway, he brings a no ridiculous story here. And he says a story like this. And I just told this to a parent. The parent was telling me that they go that, that, that their friends go to a certain thing and like it saved their friends their son's life. So how could it be bad? And I'm like, he's just suckering you in. Yeah, it's a hard so he's going to make sure a couple of people are going to get saved by it. He says, no, you take a story. I'm, I'm not getting into it. No, it's not footsteps. I'm not talking about footsteps. Footsteps doesn't save anyone's life. It takes away their life. Pamachas Yehudi Kedar. There was a land called Kedar. And this Jewish guy came there. You should know that you want to go across the, the, the ocean over here. And there are pirates. Okay, so the Jew said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take my money. I'm gonna leave my money here. So he had a lot of money, and he was scared that when he's gonna go, they're gonna, so he found an old, old guy, and he said, If you watch my money, I will pay you big money reward. The guy took it. After two months, he came back, 
You're looking for this old man that has your money? Yesterday he died. He was thrown into a fire. So he said, oh my God, then I'm going to lose all my money. He said, no. There was a fire like what's going on right now with lava, you know, coming out of the volcano. When you're on your 60th birthday, thank God I wasn't in that town. They jumped into the fire. And they died. After three days, the person who went into the fire would come back. They'd come to their house. They would tell them what to do as far as, you know, the will and everything. And then they would leave and they wouldn't come back. So they would tell me, they, the, the, these, they, had they come back from the fire? They said, we went into the fire of Gehenna. We spent three days there. We came back. Okay, if you want to get your money back. The old man, he died two days ago. He's going to come back on the third day. Talk to him. He's going to be here tomorrow. Something ain't right. No one jumps into a fire and comes back in three days. How can it be that after he's burnt, that he gets up and he comes? He had no brayer because the guy wasn't there and he didn't know where his money was. He waited a day. The guy showed up. Give me back my money. I'm a lawyer. Take it, baby. It's a case of shalom. He brought him back the money. The guy came back and he brought the money. So he followed the old man. He, he came into his house and he's sitting at the table. It's like, let me be with me. Who writes a kesef? Who should give money? Let me, let me hang chayabim kesef. Who they owe money to? Anche basic kesef. Then people were writing everything down. When he finished speaking, he kissed his wife as one of his children. And he left. After he left the house, the Jew ran after him. I'm like, no, 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 no. Something's wrong here. Where are you going? I'm going back to the other world. I'm not letting you go. Until you tell me what's going on here, we, we, nobody nobody goes to the other world and comes back. Whether you're a man or a woman, when you become 60 years old, they throw you into a fire. And if you go into the fire, you're putter from the Dine of Gehenna, and you go right to Ganeiden, and after three days, you come back to talk to your kids. You're lying. It's not true what you're telling me. I need Yehudi. I'm a Jew. And I don't believe you. I want to follow you. You're going back to Ganeiden? Okay. I want to walk you to the gates of Ganeiden. I want to see if you're telling me the truth. Jew, don't follow me. The Jew said, I'm following you. And he followed him. He said, because it's impossible what you're saying. I need to know what's going on. How can there be after three days? They went into the desert. When he saw the Jews following him into the desert, he said to Yehudi, get out of here, my hair fast. You're in a very dangerous place. Don't follow me, because I'm not human! You think I'm human? I'm not human! 
He takes the Olam Shua Satan. He revealed that he's a Satan. Umachamaves. He wasn't a human. He's a Machamaves. Is that the Yehuda Makayma? The, 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 the Jew began to shake and he got goose pimples. The Hikol the Kriyashma. It's it. It's over. He's standing in front of the Machamaves. He starts to say Kriyashma. I'm only a Satan. They're saying from Shemaim that you're a Tzadik. They're giving you a Shemir. You must not talk Lashon Hara. If, if you would have talked Lashon Hara, I would kill you on the Makkah on this place. They're not giving me permission. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to them? Why are you fooling them? And when Hashem created Gehenna, He said there's going to be a lot of Rosham coming there. Here in this land, they're all Rosham. I want to fool them. They all commit suicide. To destroy them and to wipe them out. Because they believe that I'm coming back, so I make myself look like that person. I come back after three days. And you saw what I do. Now get out of here. I'll tell you a Yehudi, the Jew understood. The person who watches his mouth, and what he says is even watch for the Macham of us. I kind of are of. I come how much to be very careful not to speak Lashon So you see that the Sultan plays games. He plays games. And he makes it look like people are successful. And what they're doing, because if they're not going to be successful, no one's going to send their kids to them. So he gives them one or two, three that work. It's worth it. It's a trap. It's a trap. If it's not what the Torah tells you to do, it's a trap. Okay. Now the thing I want to tell you tonight that you're all not, never going to forget. So I always tell you that if you need psychology, how long are we on so far? Okay, five more minutes. So if you need psychology, where do you look? All the psychology you could imagine in the Torah. Two of the biggest lessons in psychology is in this week's Parsha. And I'm a witness to this because I deal with kids all the time. So listen to this. You're going to look at, you're going to go to the land of Moragla. Mahi, you're going to see what's going on. You're going to see if the people are strong, if they're a lot or if they're, or if they're a little. You're going to see the arets if they're, if the if the if it's good or bad, and you're going to see the cities if they have walls or if they don't have walls. Okay, when they came back, they said, "Ephes is very strong." And they're, they're very big cities, and they're not walled. There's no walls. They're very strong, and there's no walls. And I'm like, I'm on there. What's this deal with the walls? What's the deal with the walls? If they have walls, means they're scared. The walls is not to keep the people in. The walls to keep the bad people from getting through. So they're not strong themselves, so they have walls. But if they live in an open city, it means they're not scared of nothing. Scared of anything. There's no walls. Not scared of anybody. Any enemy you come, we're not scared of you guys. We don't need walls. A person in psychology, in psych, who builds walls, 
they're weak. The person who has no walls, that's a sign of strength. So when you deal with kids and there's these layers and these walls that they put up, it means that the person themselves at that point is extremely weak. So he protects himself by putting up these walls. He doesn't talk, he doesn't express. He puts up all these walls. You mean the guy who has no walls? That means he has self. He doesn't need any walls. He's not scared of socially, of, of, of dealing with life. He doesn't have any walls. There are people that you meet that they don't really have no walls. They're open. I'm an open guy. Whatever you want to ask, whatever you want to talk, I ain't got no walls. People ask me, so, some Rabban, I'm like, why do, you, why, do you, why do you talk about all your stuff? You know, my rationalization about the gambling and my struggles in school. Why do you talk about it? Like, like, like you're belittling yourself in front of all the kids. I'm like, I have no walls. I'm not scared to talk about my stuff. Which means that I conquered my stuff. It's when you're scared that your, your stuff is conquering you that you have walls. But when, you're, when you feel safe and you feel you're in a good place... I have no problem talking. I just was in, in, in Belgium. And, and, and people were like, I, I, I had a special session with their therapist. I got up, I told them my, my life story. And then they came over to me after the like, You were so, I forgot, they, they said, so revealing. Like, wow. Like, wow. I would never tell anybody that I went through all that. So I'm like, wow. They were like, Bleh. I'm like, I'm healthy, man. I'm healthy. I have no problem talking about it because I'm healthy if you have walls you're not healthy so the Moroccan when they went in there and they saw that these guys have no walls they're like we got walls they don't got walls we got, we got, they don't have stuff they're not scared they got giants they're like walls there ain't no walls come 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 let's go play us get on the court man get on the court I used to play marine park basketball so so it was three on three, so you had to wait next, right? Hundreds of people waiting next. When you finally got next, if you picked the wrong two guys and you lost, you have to wait till the next next, which is like three hours later. You had to pick the right guys. So a lot of a lot of the ball players came from Harlem, from the Bronx, because they heard the white guys, the Italians, whatever they want to show their stuff. So so like I, I would be there at seven o'clock, seven thirty in the morning, Sunday. It was like you you got to get there early. And I remember there were a bunch of there were a bunch of ball players there, black guys, right? Great, great ball players, super ball players. They were coming down, and these guys really like on a different level. And um, a bunch of guys dressed in Nick uniforms with the with the the bands, you know, the the blue bands on them and the band around their head. Brand new Nike sneakers, never looked like you know. They looked like they played for the Knicks. They marched on the uniform. They wore the uniform. And there were a couple of guys there, ripped on the shirt. Gray shorts, sneakers like look like they were been worn forever. I always picked them because they had self. They didn't have to wear the uniform. They they were talking. I, I could play for three hours. These guys are the ball players because I don't need I don't need that stuff. Always pick the guys not in uniform. Mom, it's your sneakers that are dirty. They look like they came out of who knows what. Those guys, they were stuffing, they were dumping, they were dumping the ball, they were doing flips. It was like the place was watching them like. How did you know to pick them? I said, because they didn't need all like the chitzanias. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have to look like the ball player. They are the ball player. 
The guy who is the ball player, the minute he gets on the court, you don't need all that stuff. The other guy's worried his sneakers, someone's going to step on his sneakers, he's going to get a scuff mark. Like, these guys, like... So so we're here by the Giants, who are like, they're like, we came in there, oh my gosh, they know we're on the edge, they know the Jewish nation is coming, and they didn't build no walls. Like, they're like, come on, come on, guys. And they got very scared of that. So, yeah, somebody with walls is weak, somebody with no walls is strong. What? What? You shouldn't fall. That's something else. That's a different story. You, you want a kid falling off your roof, so you have, you have to have a marker. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking walls around a city. There are no walls around their cities. That's one lesson in psychology. So the psychology was check it out. If there's no walls, they got self. The second part is something I talk about all the time. The classroom didn't fall apart until. The Muradim said, right? We saw these giants, and we felt like a bunch of grasshoppers. And the Pasuk says, and therefore, in their eyes, we were grasshoppers. What you project of yourself is what other people think of you. If you think you can't, then you think other people think you can't. If you think you can, that other people think you can. It's what you project. So until then, nothing happened. But right after they got up and said, they were the leaders, and said, in my own eye, if they would have got up and said, in the giant's eyes we're grasshoppers, but we feel like giants, Clyde would have said, let's go get them. But they did the opposite. They said, in my eyes, I feel like I can't do it. I'm a grasshopper. So therefore, we figure that that's what they think, Right? The next plastic, we teach They cried a whole night. The minute their leader said, "We can't do this," they believed they couldn't do it. If 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 you think you're a giant, you're going to play like a giant. You're going to learn like a giant. If you think you're a tamachacham, you're going to learn like a tamachacham. If you think you're an idiot, you're going to learn like it. You're not going to learn. It's what you think of yourself. So that's what they said. They should have said. We should have said normally, uh, and by the way, in the eyes of the giants, we were grasshoppers. Right? How would you know that? You can't know that. But once you feel you're a grasshopper, then you, then you know that that's what the giants think of you. That's crazy possible. And after that, Kaisro fell apart. Until then, they were fine. Fell apart. When your leader tells you that, that I, I look at myself, I think I'm a grasshopper, you're done. What you think of yourself is what you project and, and what you can become. You think you can do it? You can do it. And I told, I, you know, my story with the kid, I helped him out, and then he got the, the question right, and he thought he was a genius, and then he became a genius. So you can't, you say you can't, What? You say you can't, and you say you can't, you're No. No. That's not what I'm saying. Because if you say you can't, you're wrong, you could. No, but, 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 but you, but you can't. But you can. You're saying I can't, but you can. You're saying because I'm saying I can't, I can't. But you can. You can still, you still, you still can. There's always a turn. If you say I can't, there's always a time while, while you're saying I can't that you might turn you, someone is going to coach you, someone's going to be there for you, someone's going to give you the push. You say I can. I'm now opening my, I was there for the last two days, my ranch. This is it. This is it. I got Hashem, it's not for tonight, but, I'll just tell you what little short thing. She probably, she started listening to my shiurim. 
listen to this. I'll end with this amazing thing. So, so we ran a test and we ran another test, and now in a week from this Sunday, we're open for for the rest until Mashiach comes. Unbelievable, unbelievable staff. I wish you could come in and talk. I got a, I got one of my one of the direct care, the head of my direct care now is about Chuva, who's in the Navy. She was in the Navy for 11 years on a destroyer, and her job was sonar to find enemy submarines through sonar. Don't ask. This is a, a, and she became about Chuva now, and now she's at she's the Navy. Navy. She has two medals for for administration for like for commanding. Unbelievable. So she's the head of my of my of my direct care. Direct care is not the therapist, it's the one who are with the girls all the time. She has a crazy story. I can't bring it to the guys, but but um by Shabaton, she'll tell the story. Crazy story. And she told me stories in the Navy, it's not it's not push what they do to them, what they, you know, how they push them. Not push. But I have a crazy story and she's gonna hear the story. Anyway, so we're looking for a the head, clinical director. Looking for a clinical director. And we put out we had like many, many, uh, I had many, many interviews. This is one woman. Her last name, her name is Ninette Sanchez. She's Puerto Rican. Okay? Sanchez. Spanish. Her love and her, her, she's 20 years experience and her love for people is amazing. And I was just, I was just like, this is the right one. But I always wanted a Jewish clinical director. But it doesn't matter if you're a good clinical director. I have Tova is the, in my bias, and I have now my Navy girl who's from, and I have directors. Okay, so there's, there's Shabbos and Fruit. Okay, okay, so the clinical director of many of the places that we have, like, like you know, OL doesn't only have Jewish therapists. Like, okay, fine. So my first interview, and she listens to my share now, so she'll hear this. My first interview, she said, I have to tell you something. Fridays, I can't be here past like 2 o'clock because I have to be home before sundown to the Sabbath. I'm like, really? It's not really going to be a problem here. She says, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Seventh-day is Christian, and they keep Shabbos. They keep Torah Shabbat. They doesn't eat pork. Anything it says in the Old Testament, they keep. I was like, what? Like what? Not a Giyaris? No. They're Christian. They're Christian. Called Seventh-day Adventists. It's, it's a certain sect of Christianity. And they keep the New Testament. So there's no pork. And Shabbos, she said it's very hard for her to get many jobs because she has to be home. I don't think they even drive, right? She has to be home on the Sabbath. So I'm like, okay. Maybe she's not Jewish. She's not Jewish, but, but she's keeping Shabbos, you know? So, fine. I hired her. Superstar. Superstar. Very impressed about everything about her. Yesterday, I was in, I was in the ranch today, because we're opening in a week, and I was, I was in the ranch yesterday. Yesterday, I'm sitting in a meeting, and she says, Rabbi, I started listening to your classes. My husband started listening to your classes. We wanted to know a little bit more about you. She says, you know, I'm Jewish. I'm like, yeah, okay. Her name is Sanchez. I'm like, what do you mean you're Jewish? She said, you know, when you gave me the job, I called my mother. And I told her I got a place in a Jewish place. And um, I'm very excited about it. I want to learn about the religion, whatever it is. 
She says, um, that's interesting. You know, you're Jewish? She says, what are you talking about? What do you mean I'm Jewish? She said, well, your grandmother is a, was a Hungarian Jew, last name Kaufman. And because of what was going on in Europe, she wanted to hide that she was a Jew. So she married an Italian, a Christian Italian. She didn't know this. Sanchez never knew this. And her mother, who's also a Jew, grandmother, now her mother, Jewish woman, married a, a man from Puerto Rico named Sanchez. Because she didn't even, she, they, they don't know anything about Yiddish cat, whatever it is. She said, so my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother, they're all Jewish, their name was Kaufman. And they changed it, now my name is Sanchez. I said, oh my gosh, I was going to ask you to turn on the lights and everything on Shabbos, which you wouldn't do because she's some day event. I was like, wow, I, you know, I, did, I didn't know that. She says, I'm 100% Jewish. I was like, God, I don't know. Crazy, what's the percentage? I hired a Sanchez. What's the percentage that her grandmother was Kaufman, all maternal? That her great-grandmother was Kaufman from Hungary, she's a Hungarian Jew. Yad Hashem. The ranch is the place to be. Yad Hashem. Not normal. She's going to listen to it. I'm like, she's unbelievable. And she's an unbelievable person. She's like, are you, are you, I said, do you know that your children are Jewish? Oh, no. Nowhere. No. Regular child. Regular Jew. Can't marry a client. That's it. Regular Jew. Because the, the, the father says, the halachas, you can't marry a client, but you can marry anybody. What are you talking about, Russ? Russ! She, no, she's not even Russ. Russ was a guy. She's a Jew. She's as Jewish as I am. Her mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-great-grandmother. Who knows where they come from? Their name is Kaufman. What? They're Jewish. They're not being brought up Jewish. She wasn't brought up Jewish either. They're Jewish. They can't. She can't turn on a light. She can't turn on a light. No, she's not. She's not. She's Jewish. That's. But, but just saying that, I thought, you know, Sanchez, and she's Jewish, and she's very. She's like really into it. And she's like, I started listening to your classes. I'm like, uh, <laughs> which ones? <laughs> like, but kids are not Jewish. But still Jewish. If her, if her son wants to marry, her son wants to marry a from Jewish girl, there's no, he doesn't have to do anything. He's a Jew. He's a Jew. So my, my clinical director is Jewish, even though I didn't, I didn't know that when I hired her. It's just, you see Hashem's hand, you see Hashem's hand. This ranch is, I was up there today, though. It's just, it's just amazing. We started planting stuff. In the summer, they started doing the agricultural stuff. It's, it's amazing. Lee Einhardt, who should help us, because, we have to keep this thing open. That's it. We have to be successful. Because if we're not successful, I don't know that anyone else is going to do this. We have to be successful. I have to tell you that the Board of Mental Health came down to see the place. Um, and they said they never saw such a place. It was such a kiddush Hashem. They're like, wow. Wow. So, Bezrat Hashem, but that's crazy, Shat Shemaya. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. You see, this is like, you know, by the way, I'm Jewish. I'm like, okay. Can I, can I roll back the tape? What? Can I roll back the tape? Why do I roll back the tape? This is about two years ago. Yeah, what happened? I remember. Well, I do remember, so. So, you're not. 
Of course, everything's Bereshit. But that's all my. That's all, when you put up my name. That's still there. That's not. A, it's not a pretty sight. So what the kids wrote in. But that's also Bereshit. Everything Bereshit. You 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 have to. Now I wanted to talk about volcanoes tonight because there's two very big. What's going on? There's two huge volcanoes. The lava's burning half of Hawaii. Then all of a sudden, there's not, it doesn't, things don't just happen. And now the other volcano, where is it? In, um, where's the other volcano, the second one? A lot of people died. Second volcano. So the, the, cent, the center of the earth, the center of the earth is coming up. What's Hashem trying to tell us? The core. The core of the earth. We need to fix the core of the earth. It's not, it's not stop what's going on. It's not normal. So I don't really have the types yet, but I'm just saying, that's, you don't, that's the core of the earth. Lava comes from the core of the earth. Something's going on. I don't, I don't know what exactly, but something's going on. There's always something going on. Anyway, we should all, um, Rezrat Hashem, you see, you see that for 40 years they were kept out of Eretz Yisrael. You see the love. Oh, so well, here's my answer. I didn't answer the question. I'm so ADD. It's terrible. So, so what happened? What happened to these guys? To these Morandim? They were the Anshi Shem. They were Tzaddikim. They were the head of their Shvatim. How could they go so wrong? So there's two answers. I think they're connected. One answer is that you're looking at them wrong. They, in the Midbar, all they did was sit and learn. A whole day. That's all they did. You didn't have to plant. You didn't have to shut water. They learned the whole day. They said, hey, we're going to come into the land... Right? We're going to come into the land. We have to be farmers. We have to be builders. Right? We have to build houses and build, and cities and farmers. We're not going to be able to learn. So we're going to shame Shemayim. We're not going to let them go into the land. So the kasha is very nice. I hear you, shame Shemayim. But what kind of shame Shemayim? Hashem said you should go into the land. So Hashem tells you to do something, right? So what do you mean, shame Shemayim? The Teretz is... And when you have the gears, how do you say the gears in English? Bias. When you have bias, it can twist your whole rationalization to make it L'Shem Shemayim. What was the bias? The minute they come into Eretz Yisrael, there's no more Nazis. These were all Nazis, heads of tribes. Comes a Melech, right? Or a Shefer, or a Melech. So they knew that the minute they cross into Eretz Yisrael, right, they're going to lose their jobs. Sit, no job, you're nothing special. You're done. You're like a regular guy. So that fed the... No, but I'm doing L'Shem Shemayim. I'm doing it you know, so we can all learn. No, you're doing it because you don't want to lose your job. So when a person has Nagiyas... Again, what's the word? Bias. bias. When you have bias. When you have bias. When you got flus in the game. When you're biased, your thinking is going to be totally twisted. So you have to remove yourself. When you make a, when you make a decision, it, it's bias. It's like I have something to gain. So, they ask a question. Some people you see that they do a lot of. I'm not chashem. I don't want to talk chashem. Forget about it. Nothing to do with it. But but a per, no, you can't you can't abide. You have to remove yourself from the action. So they didn't. So they ended up saying, "I'm doing it lemaisa letayra and lemitzvus." But in the end, it it came from they were losing their jobs. So that's something we have to always be careful. When you make a decision, you have to remove yourself. If you remove yourself from the situation. And you're looking at it from a different point of view, you're going to have the right answer. But the minute it affects you, and that's what's happening over here, okay, look, look what happened. It affected the whole Klaistral. Because of that, we got stuck every tissue of where we are. Right, exactly. So that's personally, taking personally. it personally. Well, that's a bias. When you take something personally, that's a bias. 
you can't have a, you can't you can't have a bias. If you have no bias, then they would have come up with the uh, with the you know the right information. The reason that Kalev got up and said it's not true. It, um, it, it's not true what you said. The land is really good. What Hashem said, and Yoshua didn't, because Yoshua said, "If I get off, they're going to say I'm biased." Moshe Rabbeinu can't come into the land, and I'm, and he made me the next leader. So I'm going to talk good about the land, so that we go in, and then I become the king. I become the leader. So he couldn't talk because he said, "I can't be biased." If I'm going to get him to say good, they're going to say, "Sure, you say good. You want to be the leader." So he was quiet. Only a colleague opened his mouth. Colleague said that the land is very special, and that's because. He talked, I went into Eretz and Yeshua talked, I went into Eretz We should all be Zoycha, Bimheir, Bimheir, to be back in Eretz Yisrael with the third base of Mikdash. Okay, bye. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.